0: And good morning to you, Tucson and all of southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM1030 KVOY, The Voice, daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. And to all of our listeners and to Matt Neely, making it happen on the other side of the glass, as always, around here, we call it Happy Bola Thai Friday, Friday. We made it, Matt, on fumes after last night, which we're not going to talk about today because it's not a sports show. Uh, but good morning, Matt. Good to see you. <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. And um, no, no, good stuff. I'm excited for today's show. I want to jump right in because lots to cover. We actually have two guests on the show with us today. Sometimes Friday just you and I on the phone lines. Today, uh, it is a full guest show uh, here on this drive time hour in just a second nathan davis will hop on he's with me here live in studio he's a democrat running for the arizona house in lv18 we're going to talk about that race his vision for the district for southern arizona and more And then at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have Kathleen Erickson on. She's the CEO of the Downtown Tucson Partnership. Uh, She worked with Old Pueblo Community Services a couple of years ago to provide services and shelter to uh, the homeless and the unhoused who were in downtown Tucson with great success. Uh, And you know I've been talking about homelessness quite a bit on this show. The city of Tucson estimates, in city uh, proper alone, there's 260 homeless encampments. The problem is growing, and we have to find solutions. And I'm not just going to give you my opinion. I'm going to talk with people who've done it and done it well and have an idea of what the challenge is and what the solutions need to be. So that's how we're going to close today's show, and I'm excited about that. Without further ado, and wearing a Ebola tie uh, out of the three of us, Matt, I'm the only one not wearing a bow tie. I feel like a failure this morning. But Nathan has given me where to get a bow tie as if you. So I'm going to make right. it happen, I promise. All right. Nathan Davis, I'll have you a little bit closer to the mic. Democrat running for the Arizona House in LD18, good morning to you. Good morning, Zach. Thank you
1: so much for having me. Um, and, yeah, if uh, if I come on here next time you don't have a bow tie, I'm going to have one for you. I know the listeners can't hear it, but, you know, I can see your... Uh,
0: your neck without one yes your, your neck looks great with one <laughs> thank you <laughs> it's a great looking bullet tie thank you yeah oh, man. I love this one um so, so yeah nathan i mean uh who is nathan davis I, I i often ask tell us who you are and then my question for all candidates is what was your tipping point it's the name of the show what was that moment you woke up and went i'm going to be one of probably many democrats running for this district i'm the guy w- w- what got you into this race
1: yeah well so a little about me i was born and raised here in tucson i'm a proud product of our public schools from kindergarten through pima and the u of A. I uh... i was a full-time middle school uh, social studies teacher in TUSD, and while i still sub in the district my day job is running my family's small business in the foothills and you know the reason <clears throat> I'm running uh, for the Arizona House and Legislative District eighteen is to, you know, support our students and pay our teachers, combat climate change and create, you know, good, sustainable, green jobs, defend our democracy and voting rights for all citizens, and protect legal abortion care and expand access to health care for everyone in the state. And my tipping point really came when I got married. And the thing was is, you know, my wife and I both want to have a big family. We were looking around, you know, we own a home and we were looking at the state of Arizona um, in terms of, you know, the sustainability here, you know, could we raise a family? You know, were the the schools going to be good enough in, you know, 10, 20 years when our kids are going to, you know, K-12, when they're going to university like like I and she did? Uh, and, you know, could we survive summers where the majority of days are going to be, you know, in the teens in you know June, July, August, and when we're going to start hitting, you know, 120, and when water is going to become a much bigger issue. And so for me, this is about ensuring that my state remains an amazing place to live, to raise a family, um, to retire, and, you know, can really be a an example for where we can go forward as a
0: nation in the future throughout this century, uh, Nathan. Uh, there's a number of these topics I'd love to get into. And we have another segment with you, and I'd love to ask you about a couple more of these. We can talk more in detail. Um, but there are. And by the way, we'll have Democrats or Republicans in this race on. In any race, we'll have anybody from either side on to talk about um, the issues. I appreciate your team uh, reaching out, and I've been looking forward to this conversation. Uh, Nathan, you are one of, I believe, four. Uh, Democrats who are going to make the ballot, uh, and, and it's going to be a four-way primary. Um, uh, Chris Mathis is one; he's mm-hmm. he's currently the appointed seat holder. Uh, he was appointed by the Pima County Board of Supervisors, but he's running for the for the two-year term. There's yourself, there's Cad Stratford, um, and then there's uh, you said Nancy Gutierrez. Gutierrez, who's a little bit of a newcomer. The other the other three have been very involved, and you yourself. Uh, ran for that appointment as well yep. in, in in the in the precinct. I'm not asking in a, this in a negative sense because I don't want to go there. Um, but what is your lane in this race? Why would a Democrat listening today uh, say Nathan's the guy over Chris, over Nancy, over Cat?
1: Yeah, and you know the thing that I really want to say before I get into that is, you know, I, my team and I will not run a negative race. You know, it turns voters off, uh, and. And I hope I speak for every candidate, every Democrat running um, for the legislature, not just in LD18, but across the state, that after August 2nd, you know, I will continue to knock on doors for whoever the voters choose. I'm hoping that's going to be me, but you know, we have to you know, be out there knocking on doors for every Democrat after the primary. You know, the thing that really st- uh, that, that, that I really stand apart with in the crowd is I'm the only one with public uh, K 12 teaching experience and small business experience, um, and who is calling for the changes and the policies that we need and that we need to enact now because we cannot have candidates who look at this in two year cycles. You know, climate change, education, these are decades long. Um, Problems that need to be solved and the work that we start now Will pay off in the near future But it's really going to be when we have that first group of kids who have gone through renewed Revigorated fully invested public schools and are in the workforce and are contributing to the society That's when we're going to see the dividends with climate change. It's going to be when we have you know, sustainable new green jobs when we have uh, new technologies used in agriculture and industry to ensure that we can use uh, less water more efficiently. Uh, And those are going to be things that are really going to play out mid-century. And that's that's my time horizon, you know, in this race is we're going to win in 2022, but we're going to make sure that Arizona is going to be great in 2052.
0: Mm-hmm. And for our listeners who can't see you, um, regardless of whether they are listening and they agree with you or not, uh, you're a younger guy. Uh, you're actually going to be around in in 2050, and I, I and I think that matters as well. Uh, real fast, what is uh, what kind of business does your family run? What sector?
1: It's uh, interior. It's an interior design studio cool. and furniture showroom. My grandparents nice. actually started back in the 80s in Catalina, and so. It's uh, you know I left education to be part of it because you know my mom is getting a little older um, and I've been working on and off mm-hmm. since I was a kid so I really didn't want this business that employs you know directly and indirectly a few dozen people just to close up shop um, and so you know it was it was a tough choice to leave education you know it was that was the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. Uh, It is nice to come up with lesson plans and go to my team. And then the next day, everything is done and all the homework is turned in and everybody has questions. It's a little change of pace from, you know, 12-year-olds. You know, I love teaching middle school, but
0: they're uh, a little tricky to turn in homework sometimes. (laughs) For sure. Uh, Nathan Davis, we've got you for one more segment. Let's go to a break on that. You know, I think it's important, again, in in a conversation you and I had just before we came on, highlighted this, is these races, again, whether we're having a Republican in the seat uh, being interviewed or a Democrat, are not getting media coverage. We're talking about the very, very, very tippy-top of tickets. And that matters, too, of course. Um, But these are local races that touch us here at home that will help define the trajectory of the state. And I wish more people talked about more of them. And, uh, you know, anybody listening who's attached to a candidate, be willing to have a conversation um, because these are important. And Nathan, I appreciate you making the time to come on on this Friday. Uh, Matt, on that, let's go to our first break of the hour. When we come back, uh, I want to talk education, uh, jobs, and uh, green technologies with uh, Nathan Davis when we come back. We'll be right back on 1030 The Voice. Don't go anywhere. (laughs)
2: Tucson Station for local news and talk. 1030 The Voice. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February.
0: Hey, guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself, that I didn't need. And in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com.
3: Hello, Tucson! Have you heard of local nonprofit Impact of Southern Arizona? Where we are more than just a food bank, with a clothing bank, youth, and senior programs, where we are moving people forward. Arizona Gives Day is coming up on April 5th and 6th, where you have the chance to support organizations like Impact. Learn more about Impact of Southern Arizona and our critical programs at www.impactsoaz.org. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team.
0: Located just two doors down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger opened just last fall and is serving up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. They're open Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson and mention you heard about them on Tipping Point for 15% off your next order. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona here live out of the Common Workspace studios with Nathan Davis, a Democrat running for Legislative District 18 here in Southern Arizona, one of four uh... democrats uh, who are likely to make the ballot so it's going to be a full race and that's kinda where we started is who is nathan davis and for democrats listening uh... in the ld eighteen district why should they uh... be especially giving you a, a look in this race and we did kind of an overview of what your campaign uh... is about but i wanted to in the time we have left maybe talk about one or two of those topics and you yeah. know i didn't get to talk with uh, our guest last friday dr ravi shaw governing board member for TUSD, Uh, I wanted to talk with him about Proposition uh, 208 that was ultimately uh, finally, finally, finally uh, uh, put aside by the courts. Um, But you have been a TUSD teacher and you still substitute. Uh, Ravi and I did get to talk about how even pre-COVID, eighth graders in TUSD, only 11% are proficient in math. Only 18% are proficient in English. There's a percentage above that that are very proficient and then really large numbers that are minimally proficient. It is really scary for the future of this region. I always like to ask folks who want to see more investment in education, what is the magic number? Many people would say an overwhelming percentage of the state's budget already goes to education, K-12 and post-secondary, so if this is not enough, what more needs to be done, and I don't usually get an answer that I'm happy with. So the pressure is on, yeah. Nathan Davis.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to touch on 208 for a second and the um, court ruling that came out because I think it's important of what the Supreme Court actually said and how it uh, re- how they really you know chained the hands of that judge up in Maricopa. You know what the ruling said. You know, in, in you know very quickly is that because the legislature did not make a fix, and because Uh, part of 208 was not severable, that the whole thing was unconstitutional. Had the legislature simply uh, waived the AEL, the aggregate expenditure limit, for 208 funds underneath the Arizona Supreme Court ruling, 208 would have been fine. And so that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about a law passed by the people, you know, uh, and... That was struck down simply because the legislature refused to make a technical fix, and I think this reveals some of the areas where our constitution needs to be um, needs to be changed, and we need uh, for example, a constitutional amendment that explicitly says the legislative powers of the people are greater than the legislative powers of who we elect to make laws for us. you know that when we come to an issue like this again, you know. It needs to be that this that that something like 208 is constitutional, and that the legislature has an obligation to make any technical issues to make it uh, to make it workable. Um, going to you know what the state spends because I think spending is is part of it. You know we have to spend more. Um, and, and there's just no getting around that. Currently we spend you know, one of the lowest. Usually we hover between 48, 49, and 50th. If you count DC, then we get all the way to 51st every few years. Uh, and right now, yeah, about half the budget, $6 billion, is on public education. It needs to be double, at least, for K-12s. Uh, since the Great Recession, we've also cut higher education funding. That's led to uh, uh, Increasing use of adjunct professors at our big three in our community colleges rather than full-time uh, uh, higher education professionals uh, It has led to increasing uh, cost to go to university which is against the Arizona Constitution which says that p- Higher education should be and this is a quote from our Constitution as nearly free as possible and 13 grand a year just for tuition by no one's definition is as nearly free as possible. The other thing that we need to look at, and if we're talking about money with education, there is nothing more fiscally responsible than investing in public education, especially at the K-3 level, um, and even going down to preschool, which we need. We have to adopt a universal preschool program in the state, You know, following the lead of DC and about seven other states in the union. And so what I would say is yeah, we need to increase funding. Yeah, we need to ensure that you know the will of the voters, you know, is continues to be heard and continues to go into effect. Uh, and we also need to untie the hands of educators. You know, right now teachers and students get about in a lot of places only thirty minutes to eat lunch. Think about when you were in school here. For me, it was I had about an hour that's slowly been whittled down. Time between classes slowly being whittled down. We're making our schools look more like factories and our children more like factory workers. And that is not what public education should be about. It should be a place of learning and fun, again, for children. Uh, and so when I'm up in the legislature, my you know thought process, the heuristics that I'm gonna use is, will this bill, make life better for Arizonans will it help our kids learn and that includes and that means you know supporting the arts supporting pe supporting you know our kids being kids and moving away from this constant obsession with tests and testing
0: Nathan Davis is with us, a Democrat, running for Legislative District 18. Uh, and, and, you know, I'd love to have you on at least one more time before the primary. And my goal was we can do kind of longer conversations on some of these things, because we could do an hour just on this yeah. conversation. Uh, you mentioned your platform, support local businesses, workers and labor. Um, Southern Arizona just got hit in the teeth, um, you know, by COVID. Slowest COVID jobs recovery of any of the seven major metros. You know, our GDP is 2008 recession level. Our business growth establishment is last in the 13 major cities we measure ourselves in the western united states i mean the numbers aren't good what can a state legislator do to represent southern arizona to support local businesses workers and labor about two minutes three minutes
1: yeah really quick i mean i think the biggest thing is the state legislature needs to play an active role in ensuring that jobs and job creation and industry is diversified throughout our state you know right now a lot of is concentrated in the phoenix metro that makes a lot of sense you know there's uh, what roughly five billion or five million people in Phoenix Metro, a million in there will be, be five
0: billion by twenty fifty. Yeah, hear, that's
1: that's yeah. that's the goal: is just have everybody move here, just half the half the world in Arizona. Um, uh, but you know, ensuring that you know job creation is you know in multiple places. You know, ensuring that we do have job creation in Southern Arizona. And you know, I think one of that one of the things that it starts with is looking at the more than twenty billion dollars we spend on you know tax cuts and saying, you know, are these effective? Is this the best way that we can spend money because tax cuts is spending. You know, it's just we don't, you know, collect it before we give it back. So, looking at that and saying, okay, how can we best support, you know, voter or, or uh, workers? How can we best support small businesses and is this tax cut still necessary? And for workers, I think that is reducing our anti-worker, anti-union laws that have been on the books for for so long and I am very excited about the New uh, unionization waves that are taking place all across this nation, um, you know, including at Starbucks and Amazon
0: warehouses. Fewer workers uh, in America and f- you know in maybe the last century are a part of unions. Uh, my take is that you'd want to see that increase.
1: What my take is I want workers to be able to decide for themselves whether they want unions at their factories and which unions they want at their factories. You know, it's, it's, you know, we need to give more power to the people.
0: Got it. Nathan Davis, uh, would love to do another hour with you, but that's not what we agreed on today on this uh, Bowl of the Tie Friday. Uh, again, we're going to try to get as, as many of the folks who are having these conversations and these races on the show. I appreciate you and your team uh alex uh, joined us as well uh you know bringing this to the table here let's do this again soon uh, meanwhile where can people go to find out more about your platform and uh, reach out to you
1: absolutely you can go to my website which is nathandavisaz.com you can find me on uh, twitter facebook and instagram at davis4az Um, And you can reach out to me, you know, I encourage you, you know, if you live in LD18, send me an email, give me a call. Let's meet and have, you know, have coffee and let's talk about the issues and and how we're going to move Arizona forward.
0: Nathan, thanks so much. Have a great Friday, a great weekend and stay safe out there. Thank you, Zach. Tucson, we're going to our bottom of the hour news break. When we come back, Kathleen Erickson will be with us. She's the CEO of the Downtown Tucson Partnership. We're going to talk about her work and her organization's work with Old playbook Community Services around bringing services and shelter to the homeless in the downtown area and how that can be a solution maybe across our city as the challenge of homelessness is rising and rising quickly. We'll be right back. to Tucson Tipping Point returns on AM 1030 KVOI The Voice.
1: Helping you make better money decisions is what The Ramsey Show is all about.
4: Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice.
0: And we're back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser here on AM 1030 KVY, the voice of the in-depth news conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. We just started this Bola tie Friday, as we like to call it. Uh, with uh, a guest wearing a bold tie. His name was Nathan Davis, a Democrat running for Legislative District 18 here in Southern Arizona. And uh, look, I will have uh, any and all Democrats or Republicans uh, in any of these races who want to come on the show um, on the show because, you know, in, in talking with Nathan, my gut hunch was proven correct that we're not talking a lot, uh, if at all, about these local races and these local issues. Uh, Nathan was telling me off the air um, that as he's knocking doors, you know, of course, Senator Sinema uh, gets discussed quite a bit. And it's like, well, she's not on the ballot (laughs) this year. (laughs) Even if you're a Democrat, it's Mark Kelly, guys. It's Mark Kelly, you know. Uh, And and then then if there's confusion at the top, you know, on the Senate side, uh, then we're certainly not talking about these local issues. And I'm a local guy. I believe... Um, that more than anything that happens up at the top, it is the lo- local level, the local legislative districts, the local school boards, the local councils that create the most impact um, in people's lives. And we're just not talking about them uh, to the degree that we should be. So I, uh, I will have R's and D's and everything in between on the show uh, to have a conversation. Uh, today it was with a Democrat, Nathan Davis. Uh, legislative District uh, 18. So uh, that is how we started. Uh, we are awaiting Kathleen Erickson, the President and CEO of the Downtown Tucson Partnership. Our goal today uh, is to talk about an innovative uh, program that they put together to provide shelter and services uh, to the homeless and unhoused in the Downtown uh, Tucson area over the last couple of years uh, that has had uh, quite a bit of of success so we're just waiting on her to uh to come in uh and uh we will then get uh get going uh let's do this uh matt let's go to an early break i know it's a little unconventional uh but we'll come back for a lawn segment to close out the hour uh matt if you can take us to our final break we'll grab kathleen and we'll get going final segment of the day don't go anywhere
2: and talk all day, every
0: day. 1030 The Voice.
3: Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in Greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team.
2: In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. time with Devon and her team.
0: Hey, guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need. And in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com.
4: This is Bill Buckmaster, Pima County Attorney Laura Conover at noon on 1030 Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk.
0: And we're back Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. Happy Bulletin Friday. Friday is what we call it around here on the show. Tipping Point with Zach on our name, 1030K, VOI, The Voice. And I'm looking forward to our final conversation of the hour straight through to the end uh, with Kathleen and Russ from the Downtown Tucson Partnership. We'll start with Kathleen. Kathleen, it has been a while. It's so good to see you.
5: It's great to see you, Zach. Thanks for having us on.
0: Absolutely. So uh, the the big reason I wanted to have you on is I've been talking a lot about the issue of homelessness Mm -hmm. in Pima County and in Tucson. In February, a city of Tucson staff member reported that there may be as many as 260 uh, multi-individual encampments uh, across the city of Tucson, and that's not including Pima County. Pre-COVID, we saw a 60% increase mm-hmm. uh, in those who are uh, not receiving shelter on any given night, and an equally large increase in those who are permanently unsheltered and unhoused, who don't have any kind of housing. So uh, COVID aside, which we all know exacerbated the problem, we are seeing a spike in homelessness in our community, and it's an issue that we have to tackle. Uh, and. I've certainly shared my thoughts, but my intent on this show is to bring people who have been in the weeds working on the issue to share their experience. And I remember through our our various work and been on the Downtown Tucson Partnership Board, you guys had a great uh, initiative in partnership with a local nonprofit Mm -hmm. to provide services and support to the uh, large homeless community. Uh, that was unhoused in the downtown Tucson area. So, Kathleen, that's why you're here. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'll just turn it over to you, kind of share some of the numbers that you were looking at as the leader of the partnership, and tell us a little bit about the program that you put together uh, with an organization in town, and give us your experience.
5: Okay, Um, so the Downtown Tucson Partnership worked together with Old Pueblo Community Services to create the DTP Connects program. And what this is, is it's a program where we go out on a daily basis, on a golf cart, and we actively look for uh, those experiencing homelessness to connect them with services, uh, housing, employment, whatever they may need, even identification. Each day it's different. Um, We see a lot of uh, repeat people, regulars. Uh, When we first started the program in uh, 2017, within a three-month period of time, we were able to connect 84 individuals experiencing homelessness with housing. What that effectively did was uh, change, transform Hockamie Plaza from what was a homeless encampment with over a hundred people experiencing homelessness living in the park uh, into a vibrant Hmm. public plaza that it is today. Uh, So you might be thinking, okay, 84, 100 minus 84, what about those 60 (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that's free will you know it's it's Mm -hmm. the we're dealing with the human element and we can't make people take services we can't make people uh accept homes um there's also you know shortages too and limitations Mm -hmm. on resources uh and i want to give russ an opportunity to talk because he's on the street every day dealing with this um but you know overall you know the downtown tucson partnership is not a social service agency we're an economic development firm right that doesn't mean that we don't operate with compassion first because we do we care about people we want to create a downtown for everyone for all but that means that um, not one group can really take over a space it needs to be welcoming safe and uh, beautiful and vibrant for all for everyone so with that I'm gonna turn it over to Russ or if you have any questions for me
0: no I want to pull Russ in too I have, okay. I have a couple of other questions and we got we got plenty of time here oh, for, for sure okay. uh, but uh, so, so so just tell me a little bit about how it works in the sense of uh, is Old public Community Services providing what are those services is that housing first is mm-hmm. that shelter is mm-hmm. that is that treatment what, what is what were they offering because we've also seen I think a level of uh, is recidivism the right word where mm-hmm. where we're seeing you know these individuals receive that the, the care and shelter they need to not have to recycle back in correct
5: right right so uh, old pueblo community services and our connection there uh, they provide us with actually wraparound services so um, we direct people to the needs that they have uh, to to fulfill the needs that they have so that might be mental illness, it might be drug addiction Um, it may be you know uh, they may need hospitalization uh, or housing and shelter, employment or they may need just to be able, they need to get their social security card or their driver's license. Those are the types of things that we actually on staff here Mm -hmm. help Connect people and drive them places, and um, but Old Pueblo Community Services they have um, a system and a computer with them where it's called the Spadat. Is that correct? Chris? Yeah, Vi Spadat. Vi spdat and so they interview um, people experiencing homelessness and and see where they they uh, they measure it on a criteria of a needs criteria, mm-hmm. and then connect them with the housing, uh, and that's their primary purpose. Um, you know, we would like to make a call out to social service agencies on on this radio show to come out and support us in our efforts. We only go out once a week with the with the community engagement specialist because that 's all that they have available we 're out there every day. But it, it's so much more effective when we have a community outreach specialist. So
0: for sure, maybe we pull Russ in uh, at this point. Russ, if we mm-hmm. get you a little closer, to right. make sure that we can uh, sound good to me. Uh, I will, you know, one of the questions that comes up is why are these individuals? you know, uh, unhoused or or homeless, as the two terms I often hear are. You've mentioned, you know, there have been times where there have been hundreds of individuals in Hakame over a period of time. Uh, Are are we seeing individuals who are struggling with mental health or drug addiction or are these folks whose rent just went up and they can't afford it and they're out on the street? I don't think people understand the whys. Uh, Do you have a sense of who these people are and what the challenges underlying are?
4: Well, actually, Zach, the, the causes are manifold. It, it could be mental health, it could be drug addiction, it could be addiction, it could be eviction. It's just so many of them have their own story and there's no way to pinpoint what
0: they are. Yeah. Is, is there a greater percentage of one kind or the other or is it pretty scattershot?
4: Well, the, the ones that are out here regularly now that we encounter constantly, they, they tend to be more comfortable being homeless and they just want services to to get them by. And and so, you know, we're out there. We're not judgmental. We don't judge if if you're out here and you want to be out here, that's fine. If you want housing, that's fine too. We will help you in whatever you need. We're we we have a contract with the city. We're responsible to them. We have the merchants we're responsible to them, but we're also responsible to all the people downtown whether they they're housed or they're they're just a tourist. And so they're all the same in our
0: eyes. That's so interesting. Yeah, Kathleen, I, you know, and I don't know, maybe I'll I'll get in, I'm here quoting Trouble for this. I don't think I say anything ever that's, uh, you know, uh, out of line, Uh, I say Trouble because I've been almost openly sharing my ongoing thoughts as I research this issue. I have a a large tent city that's in my neighborhood. Mm. I'm a neighborhood, you know, president. So these are very real issues for me. So I don't come at this show as an expert. I don't come at it, you know, having all the answers. I'm openly sharing with my listeners. Here's what I'm seeing. Here's what, here's what doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I know that's risky on this issue, but I, I deeply care about the community, all of the community, as Russ mentioned, those mm-hmm. who are housed and unhoused. And it's been interesting to me, Kathleen, because we often tackle this issue. We talk about those who are unhoused and those who are homeless and those who have issues and almost individualizes the issue, right? But I think as a community, we all buy into this social contract, and we buy into safety and security. We buy into open public spaces. Uh, We buy into these agreements together of what we want our community to be for all. And I feel like the Downtown Disney Partnership deals with that almost more than anybody of saying, look, we want to support those who are unhoused, but we also need to create these great, beautiful public spaces um, that we promise to our Tucson constituency. We don't talk about you know, the social contract. We don't talk about it as a community. And I feel like you you, you have to as Downtown Tucson Partnership.
5: Right. And is that making sense? <laughs> it is. And when I came to Tucson, wow, it's almost six years now, Russ. hmm um,
0: Unbelievable, by the way. I it feels like literally it was a year or two ago.
5: I couldn't believe Hockney Plaza. I was just in shock. I, was, I kept saying to Russ every single day, Russ, how can they allow this? How can this be? How can they allow it? And and then she
0: did
1: every
5: <laughs> single day and the blue line on the sidewalk like in the day you can stay in the park at night you sleep on the sidewalk i just thought it was incredibly inhumane on all levels for the unhoused and also for the downtown community so i'm sorry what was your question <laughs> oh how we deal with the the clean and safe and the the parks you know um Going through Hockney Plaza, even though the facts are, and I have them right here, as you can mm-hmm. see. I mean, I know how many females, how many males we helped, where they went. Um, even though we helped 84 people get into housing, we still got beat up for that Hockney Plaza. And to create a beautiful, vibrant plaza for all, it's it's shocking that you know that it is so hard to deal with this issue that I think that people don't deal with it because it's a touchy issue in downtown we are going to deal with it we're going to deal with it in a humane and compassionate way and we're going to provide quality of life public spaces for the people because they deserve it it's a quality of life issue not just for the people that live downtown Mm -hmm. but also for the homeless people too we can't continue to allow people to live on the street and to be in these dangerous situations. I mean, we have an obligation as a community to provide quality of life and that includes especially parks and green spaces. So mm-hmm. I will animately stand up for that in a compassionate way every Absolutely. day of the week.
0: Mm-hmm. And and I think we, you know, and this is just me editorializing, I don't want anyone to hear this and, you know, overlay it on what your thoughts may be, but I think we need that firm, strong leadership at a community level. Um, you know, I, I work uh, I work basically in Hakame Plaza. I think your, your office overlooks it, and so does mine to some level. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of schools in the downtown area. I see the kids <laughs> now playing. There's food trucks. Uh, there's people who leave their workplace to come sit outside. It's an activated um, public space. And our spaces should be for everyone. Uh, and I think sometimes we would rather walk away from the issue then tackle it, Kathleen. And, and, and we are seeing in cities all across this country, cities that have said, okay, we've turned a blind eye to this for way too long. And now it's a problem that is above and beyond the resources uh, the resources that we have. Mm-hmm. Kathleen, this is a, a live local show. We have people listening. Uh-huh. Uh, I have a caller who would love to ask you a question about uh, <laughs> homelessness in downtown. Here we go. Can we do that on, a, on, a, on our Bowl of Tie Friday Absolutely. as we close out the week? Matt, if we still have Lauren on the line, I'd love to take Lauren's question on downtown homelessness. Lauren, go ahead.
4: Yes, sir. Thank you for the topic very much. My question is this. Um, in, in the uh, efforts to poll the individuals, I've wondered about this for a while. Hmm. Can they determine how many of the residents, or I mean the, the, the occupants of these shelters or, or encampments, how many are, are local from Tucson and how many
0: of them oh. may be coming in from other areas? Mm-hmm. W- Lauren, thank you for asking that question. I can't believe that I didn't have that on my list. Maybe Ru- maybe this is a question for Russ. And, of course, Russ, the question was, um, is when you are meeting these individuals, uh, in this case in Hakame, Lauren's asking, uh, can you tell how many are from Tucson and how many are here from other places and I think this is the question is are we you know we know we have a crazy housing market and there's challenges here or is our is our unhoused population mostly Tucson in this sample size or do we have people moving to the Sun Belt as we know is happening in some cities here
4: well I hate to disappoint you on that one Zach but we're not privy to their their information so what we do is we we know their names sometimes just their street names but that's basically all we we know and that's that's a privacy thing you know the social workers don't want us knowing their private details sure and the people are very private too so yeah we I, I
0: hate to disappoint you on that but there's no way for us to know no worries yeah. it's interesting because I get that question a lot you know and and I've begun to put some stuff on social media as I'm in this learning process and people go you should figure out how many are from Tucson and how many aren't and I think the question comes from cities like San Francisco or Seattle um, you know, specifically San Francisco is this warm city right. that has a reputation for services and monthly payments. And there's a huge safety net for the unhoused. And that the word crosses the country. It does. If you want a warm place, you get $600 a month. Mm-hmm. You get, you know, free health care. Mm-hmm. Man, you're going to San Francisco. Why wouldn't you go to San Francisco? Mm-hmm. So I think it's a huge question. Kathleen, you had a thought.
5: Yeah. I just wanted to say anecdotally that, you know, we we do talk to these people and and some of them are coming from other places you know it's not everyone from Tucson so there is Mm. there is an influx of people
0: that's interesting yeah yeah and again with the asterisk being there's no way to put that on a piece of paper but certainly as you're talking with folks you can kind of some may say um, so an interesting interesting question from Lauren Mm -hmm. Uh, I love this opportunity on live local radio have uh, I say real live talk in real time with real people so five two zero seven nine zero twenty forty. if you have a caller question uh, over the next couple of minutes um, give us a call uh, Kathleen you work with the city you work with the county you work with a lot of stakeholders I think you've done a really uh, admirable job um, creating public spaces while also providing services and assistance and a hand up to those who need it and to, who want it and it is a delicate balance Um, Do you have any thoughts for the community beyond Hakame Plaza, beyond the uh, business improvement district that you get to kind of provide insight over? Mm -hmm. Is there anything our community should be doing more or better or more specifically to match the success that you've had in partnership with OPCS?
5: Yeah. um, Actually, the city is already doing it. So if you're familiar with the Corner of Stone and... um what is that? Where the dog park is, Stone and uh, Speedway. Speedway, thank you. They they put a dog park in there. They provided services for people experiencing homelessness in that park, um, and re- really reactivated the space. So I mean, more of that. We need to activate the public spaces, connect these people that are experiencing homelessness with housing. I know it, I'm like oversimplifying it, but. Uh, really, I believe that we need to go to them. We need to be mobile like DTP connects. We need to have you know golf carts, trucks, fleets, <laughs> and social service workers, uh, community outreach specialists, really descending down onto these these public spaces, these homeless encampments, and providing the services to people that want them. Um, And that would, I think that would go a long way. And again, I'm oversimplifying that. Also, beautifying the spaces, Mm -hmm. providing security, and providing uh, public space activation. I think, um, you know, if we do all four of those things, that we would notice a huge change. And, you know, we we have rules, right? I mean, rules that everybody needs to follow. I mean, you just can't. Pee on a public sidewalk, and Russ is probably (laughs) don't go this way, (laughs) Kathleen. But you know I have to. There's rules. You can't you can't publicly you know defecate or urinate on a sidewalk, or you know shoot up heroin, or you know ejaculate in a storefront, unless you're experiencing homelessness. I think that we need to have rules that are the same for everyone, and then enforce those rules. Provide people with the housing or the services that they need. Uh, when they need it, and uh, and and enforce these rules, because we have to have a a society of you know that's safe for people, including everyone, everyone. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Kathleen, I resonate with that. I, I wrote it this way. And I wanted to find it because it's hard for me to remember off the top of my head. Uh, our public spaces are community goods. Mm-hmm. We agree to a social contract for safety and security. I'm getting. And, and our unhoused should have access to shelter and services. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know. And in my mind, what you've done in Hakame Plaza is an example of that. Mm-hmm. And I think it needs to be scaled. You know, across the city. And I'll just leave this here because I think this is a perfect way to end. I'm finding out in my own situation that to house the encampment in my community mm-hmm. is going to for people currently in shelter to move on and out. Mm -hmm. We don't have enough shelter Mm -hmm. to do anything but recycle people in our community. Mm -hmm. It's not good enough. But we have to get serious and lovingly firm on this issue, in a way that I don't know we fully have yet. This isn't Kathleen's opinion, by the way. This is my opinion, uh, uh, but but I, I I resonate with that and uh, appreciate this conversation. Could,
5: could I just add a couple
0: more? Ten seconds. Okay. We're about out of time.
5: You know, wraparound services and yep. providing a community of support for these people too. I mean, yep. they're dealing with a lot of struggles here. So
0: absolutely, Kathleen. Let's do this again. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to learn from you. Thank you for your work, Russ. Thanks for coming in sure thing, uh, yeah. uh, from the Downtown Tucson Partnership. Tucson, uh, that does it for us today. <laughs> Who Hewitt's up next. Bill Buckmaster at noon. We'll be back on Monday. Mayor Tom Murphy, Mayor of Sawarita, is our guest to kick off the week. Can't think of a better way to do that. Thanks for listening. Catch us on the podcast, and we'll see you on Monday, Tucson. Stay safe out there.